Welcome to the Yadkin Examine. My name is Jonathan Gaylord, the pastor at Yadkinville United Methodist Church, and the Yadkin Examine is a weekly podcast where every Monday we take a moment to reflect on the past week, give thanks to God, and seek strength for the day and week to come. The Examine comes out of a technique described by Ignatius Loyola and is still practiced by Jesuits twice daily. We've adapted it here to help us reflect on the events in our lives and discern God's presence and will for us. We'll use prompts for self-reflection from various sources, like the 22 questions John Wesley and the Holy Club at Oxford would ask themselves daily. In addition to that, we'll hear an excerpt from Sunday's sermon, and we'll draw some reflection questions from the sermon, our worship, and the scripture text. The reflection questions are listed in the show notes, and you may want to copy them so that you can write out your answers as a journaling practice. As we prepare to pray together, I invite you to take a moment to center your body, heart, and mind for prayer, maybe through taking several deep breaths, finding a comfortable posture, anything that helps you to be present to the Holy Spirit in our midst. Let us now begin with an excerpt from our Sunday, April 16th sermon preached by me, Jonathan Gaylord, from the scripture text, John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. In a world that has said suffering is normal, in a world that says suffering is deserved, in a world that says suffering is just what it is, our faith tells us that suffering is not part of God's plan, that evil is not part of God's plan. We don't understand why God allows it to exist. We don't under, and we can uh, theologize, we can sit down, we can think through it, but the reality is, is we don't know why God allows suffering to exist, but we do know in our faith, in the faith of the cross, that in our suffering, in the evil of this world, we are not alone. That God is with us, that the God who sent his Son to live and teach in this world, who sent his Son into this world to suffer and die on the cross, has come into this world so that we might know hope, and redemption. Not through suffering, not because of suffering, but in spite of suffering, God shows up. And how we respond to that reality in our world and in our lives is part of the place where God is found, is part of the place where God shows up how we respond. And just like Ted told his team, there's something worse than being sad, and that's to be sad and alone. And the church stands and says that no matter what happens, no matter where you are, no matter what suffering or evil enters into this world or into your life, you are not alone. Not only because God will not forsake you or abandon you, but because we, the church, are here with you, standing by you. It's part of the reason why our leadership team really didn't have to debate over, the, over whether or not we became a lighthouse church. It was because we know that people are suffering. We know that people are hurt. We know that people in this world feel alone and feel cast out. And for us to be able to stand up and say, you can come here and you are safe here is a powerful Christian witness in the midst of an uncertain time. We had joy with us last week and 
to hear Joy talk about the work that she does in Hong Kong, you, you, you know that she encounters evil and suffering every day in the migrant worker populations that she works with. And there's a part of me that, like, now that I think about it, I kind of want to ask her, what keeps you going? What makes you get up knowing that tomorrow you're going to have somebody walk into your office who is experiencing the same kind of uh, oppression, the same kind of hurt, the same kind of exclusion that the person who was in your office the day before experienced? But listening to Joy talk about her experiences of working with the migrant community in Hong Kong, the thing that she kept coming back to was that they form community. They know one another. They, they uphold one another. They help each other navigate these systems that have been created around them, systems that seem to perpetuate the suffering that the most vulnerable experience. When Jesus heals the man in the story, restores his sight, people push back. They say, why have you done this? And essentially his response is, we must work while it is time. We must work while it is time. Now is the time to work. Now is the time to stand before the world and say that suffering and evil are not part of God's plan and we stand opposed. And that our faith, our knowledge that Jesus Christ stands with us is the one thing that can never be taken away. We must work the works while it is time. So our question then for us is not why God allows suffering, but what do we do with the suffering that exists in this world? Part of the baptismal vows that each of us have either taken or had taken for us, or the, new, the member vows we take in the Methodist Church includes the question, do you resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? And so as we ask ourselves why God allows suffering, we also recognize that we don't know. We don't know why God allows suffering. And as the hymn goes, maybe we'll understand it better by and by. But we do know that God is with us. And so we're all called to evaluate and look deep into our own hearts and into our own lives and ask ourselves, am I resisting evil? Am I resisting injustice? Am I resisting oppression in whatever forms they present themselves, whether they are natural disasters? whether they are evil that someone thinks up and imagines and brings into this world? Are we resisting evil and justice and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves, wherever they present themselves? And so will we consider that question, why God allows suffering? We also have to ask ourselves, why do we? Why do we allow suffering knowing that Jesus Christ stands in the midst of that pain? Knowing that Jesus Christ identifies with those who are crucified, with those who are hurting, 
with those who are lost. We must work the works while it is time. Almighty God, as we set aside this time for prayer before you, we'd ask that your Holy Spirit would be upon us, that you would anoint us with your wisdom, with your vision, and Lord, even with your understanding. Show us where we can grow closer to you. Help us to orient our lives around you. Through the power of your Holy Spirit, be with us now. Prayerfully consider your past week. What are you thankful for? Where has the Holy Spirit moved? As we consider where we may have fallen short, ask yourself these questions from John Wesley in the Holy Club. Do I disobey God in anything? Do I insist upon doing something about which my conscience is uneasy? Am I defeated in any part of my life? As we look at the week that is to come, ask yourself these questions, John, from our sermon and our scripture text. Is your heart hardened to suffering? What is one way that you can resist evil and justice and oppression in our community and in your life today? Almighty God, thank you for this opportunity that we have to pray together, to seek your guidance and love in our hearts and in our minds. Today, holy God, fill us with your grace. Fill us with your power. Help us to be your people. Show us your path in this world. We pray all this through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Before going back into the busyness of our lives, let us reflect once more on John chapter 9, verses 1 through 12. As he walked along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back able to see. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar began to ask, Is this not the man who used to sit and beg? Some were saying, It is he. Others were saying, No, but it is someone like him. He kept saying, I am the man. But they kept asking him, Then how are your eyes opened? He answered, The man called Jesus made mud, spread it on my eyes, and said to me, Go to Siloam and wash. Then I went and washed and received my sight. They said to him, Where is he? He said, I don't know. Thank you for praying the Adkin Examine with us today. Just a reminder that if you want to vote on next Sunday's sermon question, uh, you can do that. Just head over to our Facebook page and you'll find all the information there. 
or just go to menti, M-E-N-T-I dot C-O-M and enter the code 7888419. That's 7888419. And that code is good until Tuesday, April the 18th. Um, when I have to take the poll down so that I actually can start working on the sermon. Uh, but if you'd like to contribute to picking out next week's question, you can do that there. And again, thank you for praying with us. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can reach me at pastor at yadkinvilleumc.org. And until we pray together again, God bless. <laughs>